Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the NRL Back 3 podcast. Coach LJ and Squid here to bring you bands from the week that was, and of course, the week ahead. LJ, mate, how was your weekend? Let's kick things off with the ball, buddy. What did you get up to? Had the best weekend, actually. Decided to kick it old school with one of the old games from the childhood of a massive game of hide and seek. Played with a group of 12 of us. as a great blokes, actually. Have to keep it a bit on the down low, but great fun all round. Really good time. Squid. So did you get found at all, LJ? No, I'm actually recording from the current house still on my phone. <laughs> from your hiding spot? Yeah. <laughs> so if you could just keep it down. Fair enough, mate. Oh, my lips are sealed. Um, had another good win with the Squid Stags on the weekend, so I think that's six or seven on the trot, and only a couple of games left in the season, so uh, fingers crossed and here's hoping. But other than that, that was a pretty decent weekend, pretty good weekend, but how good, Kosh? How good for me, boys? Oh, I hate to say it. I really, really hate to say it. But it, uh, it has to be Manly just smashing the Bulldogs. Oh, it was absolutely <laughs> stunning, old Toby Turbo. And you know who's really stepping up, and I was quite impressed, was old Garrick out there on the wing. And uh, he's also proving himself as a special little kicker too. I think he knocked over every single kick. So well done to Manly. I hate you, but God, that was a great game to watch. <laughs> yeah, to paraphrase Coach there, um, Garrick is really good at catching the ball and putting it down, isn't he? So I'm pretty sure that's his definition of a winger. Good good with his hands and his feet, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, so he did that three times on the weekend and then 11 from 11, like you say, mate, didn't miss a kick and they piled on the points. For me, how good is LJ's reality check from last week? Uh, you know, he's been harping on about how they are undefeated and didn't lose again this week. And I think they got to about 68 weeks on the trot, according to his uh, mathematics. But um, they had a little blip on the radar. So I'm just a little bit worried, but maybe their season has been derailed. LJ, is that it for the Sharks for the rest of the year? They may as well pack up and go play hide and seek next week. Yes. Yes, that <laughs> actually might be their season. Them and the Warriors, really, on that tightrope. But I don't think there's any team good enough below them to make it through. So I think the Warriors and the Sharks might combine their team, play first round, and still go home early. You know, LJ, I reckon I know what they're missing, these Shark boys. And I think it's leadership. Maybe they need a brand new captain. And I've got just the man in mind. He's a big forward. He leads from the front. And I'm talking about the big fella, Talakai. Maybe he <laughs> should be captain of the Sharkies. What do you reckon? <laughs> He must have done something wrong. He got named to start and then had to come off the bench. Only paid about 15 minutes. So they wondered where all the points were. They're sitting on the bench. That's exactly right. That's that's where they went wrong. Put them in captain, Sharkies. Come on. And what about you, LJ? How good was it for you over the weekend? Do you know this is going to sound quite controversial, similar to your one, was watching the Titans smash the Raiders. Get out. Get out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Titans. Oh, what are we doing, boys? We have really lost the plot this week, haven't we? Really clutching at straws. <laughs> was, wasn't a lot of great footy on. Fuck, it must be a full moon in the NRL world, I tell you that much. I guess what's probably caused the full moon is what's got us worried. So what's got us worried as for this weekend, boys? Coach? I think I need to see a therapist, boys. <laughs> I think I need someone to give me advice. Tell me how I can just lose the faith for this fucking team and go and support a great team like the Melbourne Storm. Like, how do I do that? How do I give up hope on the Warriors and go support another team? Can someone please help me out? I'm reaching out. I need help. The NRL back three at gmail.com. Get in touch because I need your help. I need to stop supporting the Warriors and I need to somehow put my passion into another team because I'm just getting broken hearted every single weekend. Well, I'm sure as hell not going to be able to help you there. I support the 42-year-old virgins of the Sharks who finally cracked one over and now have humbled back down the back of the ladder again. So <laughs> love to know that as well. It was very frustrating on Friday night watching them lose that and then watching on Sunday lose. I don't know how you can just stop caring. 
I even tried to walk off and pretend I didn't care. Then I came back hoping with a little glint in my eye that we were winning, but no. You sort of put your hands over your eyes and then you just open up your fingers just to take a little peek and then just start crying again. <laughs> that's that's the thing, that Coach, is um, the Sharks, it took them 43 years. So just you just have to keep the faith for a little bit longer because we're at 27. So we've still got 16 more years of faith left. And then if that doesn't happen, then you can move on and uh, start following the storm, I think. And no doubt there'll still probably be a good team then. I guess that's the problem, though. Like, the fact that we're playing so fucking horribly the last sort of, let's say, 10 years, it is going to make a premiership sweeter. But in all honesty, man, we're, we're like another at least five years away from getting a premiership. If we couldn't do it with RTS on our side, and Johnson, I think we're we're a shit show, eh? I, I, I really don't know where this premiership's going to come from. It's going to be a very, very long run, and I'm not looking forward to it. But once again, get in contact, back 3 at gmail.com. I need your help. I think the real issue is we need to change our motto. It's negative straight from the start. We've got to keep the faith, indicating that everyone's already given it up. <laughs> I feel like our motto should be something like, win the fucking championship yeah. and, and we just start yelling that at the games instead of keeping the faith <laughs> too true <laughs> what's got me worried as this week boys is the Warriors have lost five games this season in the last 10 minutes so they've been ahead it's click 70 minutes like the boys think the game's over but no there's still another 10 to go we've somehow managed to muck that up and lose so that's 10 points on the ladder that we've cost ourselves and that actually would put us near about top four which is absolutely crazy to think because you would not even consider us a top four team with what they're doing i think you actually got that stat wrong i think they actually lost a six game in the last 10 minutes oh no wait that's the sunday oh cut it out <laughs> cut it out because you know that game's going to be close. It's going to be terrible for me to watch. But what's got me worried is actually not knowing how to count. The Warriors boys, they pulled a Greg Inglis. Just <laughs> have a drop goal where one more point's not going to do anything. Like, I know if you get the point, you get the ball back. But when you miss it terribly and you give them a full roll on, just lose the game. But worried that no one else overcalled that. The fact he lined himself up in the pocket and Wade Egan threw it to him. Like, I know he called for you, but you don't throw it to him unless you're setting up for the drop goal. He's dead behind the hooker, so definitely not keen on that. Like, it wasn't only that drop goal. It was the other two drop goals in extra time that barely made it over the crossbar or the height of the crossbar. But like you say, even if he got the drop goal, the thing is, from the kickoff, is puts us into our own territory. So we're under the pump to get out. And if they put a pressure on us in a good set, well, then that one point hasn't really changed much. 100%. The goal would have been then was to put it in, get a repeat set, wind down the clock. Going for the one point does not wind down the clock at all. Yeah, and even the fact that he's carrying a shoulder injury as well, passing him the ball and having him try and catch it and do a drop goal, like he obviously knows that he's probably not capable of doing it. And then also that kick looked like he didn't really have any control over the ball. So don't know why that was the option, going for the old nine-point field goal. But uh, <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy. He almost took out Muppet of the Week, boys. But hey, he got trumped by this man right here. In our Muppet of the Week. So Muppet of the Week, boys. And of course, the man I'm talking about is Paul Vaughan. Probably taken out the captaincy of the Muppet of the Week. He unfortunately lost his job on Tuesday. He breached lockdown protocol by holding a ginormous party. The boys were wheeling slabs into the front door. The neighbors all looking over the back fence going, what the hell are these monsters doing? And he uh, apparently got a bit ruckus. So they had about 12 or 13 Dragons players and they had a massive game of hide to seek, I, I think I heard as well, <laughs> LJ, who you might have been a witness. Yeah, I th think you got the numbers wrong. You said uh, 13, but I think the reason you said 13 is I still haven't been found. There was actually 14 of us. <laughs> uh, so there were 13 Dragons players and me. So 
old Jack DeBellin hid under the bed, but the problem was there was only a 10 centimetre gap under the bed. So by the time he got his chest and his rig under there, it was about on a 45 degree angle, so he was pretty quick to find. I heard he um, actually went in on his back all barred up, and that's what stopped him from getting under the um, under the bed. So mm-hmm. he, was, he was trying to slide under the bed, but he just kept hitting his wanger against the side of the bed. Is that not true? Or did you not see that because you were already hidden? I don't really want to tell you where I'm going to hide in case I have to play again. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's unemployed now, old Paul Vaughan, so maybe he'll be holding uh, hide-and-seek competitions every weekend. So maybe they'll find you next weekend. And, and that's the thing. I'm just reading a um, an apology letter from Vaughan, and he's saying, you know, he's sorry to his players in the NRL and coaching stuff. But the people that he's sorry to the most was his brothers and sisters who actually taught him how to play hide-and-seek when he was younger. <laughs> and he's just yeah. like, you're the ones that I've really let down this week. I'm so sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, he actually pipped the post on Big Chad. We had him penciled in. So, Big Bad Chad, you got away by the skin of your nose. But Paul Vaughan, well done, mate. You're this week's Muppet (laughs) of the Week. And back this week for a minor sponsorship is Debbie Donuts. Now, she was actually going to jump on board and say a few words and how we've done such good for her little business there. But because she had a treble of donuts to give away, she's been busy in the kitchen. I think um, baking donuts, LJ, is that right? I think that's how she does it, her special donut-making technique. Um, yeah, so the Rooters, the Bulldogs, and the Cowboys all getting some donuts sent their way. I believe two of them have been delivered and the third ones are on the way, but she's had to spend a lot of time in the kitchen. But once again, thank you, Debbie's Donuts. We really appreciate your good work. Absolutely. She actually hand delivers them as well. So she drives up and down the coast. She's a very, very busy woman. And this weekend gone especially, oh, what a woman. Man, how, how do we find a woman like that? More than a woman. Yeah, I think um, at the end of the season, she's got a DVD coming out called Debbie Does Donuts. I think it is. And it's, it's, it's about it, bro. It's about donut making process, guys. Get your head out of the gutter. Educational, informative. I like it. How many uh, movies do you reckon it would be? Like 12, 13? Uh, I think, I think it would be broken down to about maybe... 12 four to five minute scenes (laughs) it has a very extensive chapter on the bulldogs as well so not sure if that's legal but i'm sure she'll get away with it anyway boys uh, let's talk about the antics of the week we've kind of touched on one but let's throw away to another now boys we couldn't just leave the dragons as it is we had to go double down on them so we've actually got a few of the players and a few of the fines that we got so we really want to know what the story is because i was hiding the whole time so i didn't get to see a lot of this so, Coach, uh, who have you got? What was his fine and what was he doing? Well, from the list of men, uh, I do believe that I heard on the grapevine that Daniel Alvaro was actually sitting on the couch around the... They had a fire going. All the players, well, probably a handful of them actually, were just sitting around listening to his old wartime stories from his time at the Warriors last year, <laughs> telling people about his experience, how he came <laughs> off the bench a couple of times, what they did in lockdown uh, inside this magical bubble of theirs, and all these stories about how everyone was missing home, but they got on through it tough time so yeah daniel avaro got fined for sitting around telling war stories <laughs> what do you reckon squid yeah the little anecdote that i've heard about from this antic this week comes from a well-known ex-warrior as well called gerard Bilay. he wasn't even at the story and he's the guy who got the lowest number of fine out of everybody and it was only two grand which doesn't seem a lot in comparison to someone like paul vaughan who got fifty thousand dollars but the funny thing was he wasn't even there at the party they just all have access to his uber eats account so everyone (laughs) thought that he was there but it wasn't because in saint george no one's even famous 
they have no idea who anybody is. So when the Uber Eats delivery guy was leaving them there, he was just like, oh yeah, sweet as, no worries. I'm Jared Beal, I'm Jared Beal. And there was no dramas about it. So the $2,000 that he got fined was actually his Uber Eats bill. And what'd you hear, LJ? Considering you're still there, mate. Well, funny enough, one of the names on the list won't be that recognizable for most of you fans out there. Cade Ellis. Now, he technically doesn't even have a contract with the Dragons, but he ended up with a five grand fine. Now, the issue is he was actually the Uber Eats driver who was <laughs> delivering all of Gerard Beale's food. But it was such a nice guy that they invited him in. Um, and then when, when it got broken up and all the fines got dished out, he was one of the boys so much that he actually got fined five grand and then offered a contract. Um, so rumours are that he's pulled in to take over Paul Vaughan's contract and just do Uber Eats in the weekend. But he might offload that job to Paul Vaughan and just have a complete switcheroo. Yeah, just a bit of a job swap. That sounds like a great idea. What a smart bloke. <laughs> All right, boys, now it's time for Ladder Talk. Ladder Talk. Now we're going to change it up just a little bit, boys. Uh, Ladder Talk, we're going to talk about these blowouts. So a bit of a conversation at the moment is the for and against. A lot of people out there are actually blaming the change in the rules, the six again rule specifically, as to why these teams are having such big blowouts. But if you look at the teams who are absolutely getting disgraced and losing, they're all the teams that are still playing to really hardcore structure. So if you look at your Tigers, Madge, he's a very structured coach. Raiders, Ricky's a very structured coach. They're all doing block plays still. Whereas you've got teams like the Storm and Manly who are just playing free-flowing footy. So it's not so much this rule change because these teams are just getting found out by not thinking outside the box. And you have all these free-flowing players like Pappenhausen and Nico Hines just absolutely dominating because they know how to think outside the box and get to the line. So just smart players, not playing to structure. This is why these blowouts are happening. What do you guys reckon? Quite an interesting point you brought up about Storm and Manly about not playing structured is they've always been given the license to kick on any tackle. They're kicking for Saab and Tommy Turbo and then Hines and Pappenhausen at Okar. They're kicking early in the tackle count. Second, third, first tackle straight from the scrum. Last play before the half. Anytime they'll kick it and just send one of them chasing down. Yeah, absolutely. There's even been a few chip and chases. Old uh, Hughes with a few chip and chases has been awesome this year. So I don't really think it's the six again rules. I don't think it's fatigue. Like obviously fatigue does come into it at the end of the game. But a game like on the weekend, the Bulldogs, they just played horribly. They kept dropping the ball. They were obviously underdone. It's not so much the rule changes. I think it's just we're finding out players who are not up to NRL standard and we're finding out that coaches are still holding on to this old rule set, this old coaching philosophy of, guys, we need to train hard at training and show it out on the field instead of just playing what's in front of them. It's just that these teams are just the best at exploiting the rules or adjusting to the new rules. There's always consistently rule changes throughout the NRL. You know, like we just go back to the shoulder charge. Guys had to change their tackle technique. The guys who couldn't or wouldn't, they were the ones that get penalised. They're the ones that get found out. So with this big six again, and especially concentrating on the ruck, they concentrate on getting into the tackle, getting to the ground, fast play the ball to speed up that set. And then you generally will get a new set out of it or you'll catch them off guard. And then like you say, coach, because they're all staggered and the defence doesn't know what's up from down. And it's just allowing these storm players and everybody of the likes to do tip-on plays and find gaps where they normally wouldn't be because they're playing to the speed of the new game. Whereas like these other guys are just stuck in the old ways. Absolutely. Old cement shoes. Old cement shoes. It's actually funny that you mentioned cement shoes there, Squid, because they're actually our major sponsor this week. So guys, if you feel like slugging through the mud or getting across the beach in a very slow manner, go buy yourself some cement shoes and you'll go a long way very hardly. 
So guys, cement shoes, go pick them up at your local <laughs> Bunnings. And uh, they're on aisle six, I do believe. What do you guys reckon, boys? Cement shoes, you're going to go buy some? I love cement shoes because LJ's always saying to me, hey, it's good, let's go for a run, let's go for a run. It's like, sweet ass, I'm just going to throw on my old cement shoes. And when I can't keep up with them, it's like, oh, mate, I'll just do a couple laps so I'll catch it back. And I was like, sweet ass, bro. And then I just take them off and go back to the fridge and have a beer. <laughs> um, the actual NRL ambassador, well, he's not an NRL player anymore, but Darius Boyd used to wear them at fullback all the time. Uh, someone would run through the line and they'd make a slight adjustment to the left and he just stayed there for the, for another 20 minutes as they've kicked the goal and already kicked off again. That's funny you mentioned that because I think Reese Walsh, when he first came to the Warriors, had a little bit of that technique. So it's obviously rubbed off on him. <laughs> yeah, um, if you go back and look at the old tapes, it's actually we're in the Darius Boyd version 3s. Ah, <laughs> signature 3s, I think they call them, eh? Hey? Yeah, yeah. Where they've got the actual, they're a bit more textural than most. They stick to the mud a bit harder. <laughs> yeah. They were more aerodynamic, but heavier in weight. <laughs> I bet you're wondering, where does this cement lay? Well, um, so it still looks stylish. The sprigs are full of the cement. So all the sprigs are really holding you down, but it's still got the nice fabric on top. So if you can get your foot high enough, you can give the ball a blast. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. So don't forget, aisle 16 down at Bunnings, rush in because they're going to sell out. Now we do have a short weekend of games this week. Um, so there's only one that really needs to be the game to watch. It is the origin of the bottom eight. It is the Big Bad Chad Cup. It is the Sharks <laughs> v Warriors on Sunday, 6pm footy, I believe. So these teams both vying for the eight. Both the teams I support, but obviously going for the Sharks. And I'll uh, probably turn it around and beat them in the last 10 minutes just to add to that sixth of the season. Yeah, it's funny, eh? Because I'm pretty sure the Big Bad Chad Cup actually represents who's the shittest out of these two teams. So who's going to fuck it up the most? So really, really intriguing to see these two teams go head to head and figure out who really is the bottom of the barrel. Well, it's not even just a one game affair. They play again in another few weeks. So it's the Bledisloe Cup oh. of the NRL. You know what? I'm picking right now. Bottom of the barrel, man of the match, Will Chambers. Take it to the bank. <laughs> like, like you guys say, the old BBCC, it's about who doesn't want it the most. <laughs> now, while we're on this weekend's games, boys, uh, obviously we've only got four of them, and let's talk about 1v1. And I've got uh, the Roosters versus the Bulldogs and that impactful, dynamic game that's going to be coming ahead. I've got Hetherington versus JWH. I think these two aggressive hotheads are going to be going at loggerheads. <laughs> we haven't had that elusive punch yet, so I think these two might spar it up and we might see our first <laughs> fist firing through to Heathering's head from JWH. What do you guys reckon? Well, if we don't have the first punch thrown from your game, I think we'll have it in my game, which is uh, the Bulldogs versus the Roosters. Oh. Uh, so it's Victor Radley versus Josh Jackson. So Victor Radley, fresh off his five, six game week suspension for getting, what was it, on report four or five times in one game? and refusing to change his tackle technique. So no doubt the rest will be lining him up this week. And Josh Jackson not wanting to take a backward step. I'm actually intrigued by this one because the amount of shoulder strapping that Josh Jackson has on his shoulders, I think he's going to be at a disadvantage because of all that padding. So Victor Adley might have the, uh, the upper shoulder on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing that makes me think that LJ is going to be more correct, Coach, is I have a feeling that Heatherton and JWH will actually have a fight in the warm-up. <laughs> So the game wouldn't wouldn't yeah, have yeah. even started yet. You know, so whether or not they can get done for um, pre-game fighting, I'm not too sure. <laughs> On report before the game even starts. Oh, beautiful <laughs> stuff. What about you, Squid? Who you got? Yeah, so following along suit with um, LJ's game to watch, going with the fullbacks. And I know we've covered these two players a lot, but uh, for me, it's Walsh coming back from injury, unfortunately missing out on 
the Origin game too, because obviously he would have been the difference. And uh, Will Kennedy, that little pocket rocket that he has, shown that he's um, one of the players of the future for the Sharks. And so is Walsh for the Warriors. So just two different styles of fullback. Be interesting to see which one of these young players just has probably more of the leadership on the field to um, help their team out this weekend. Now, speaking of these two, um, LJ, you're our resident hamstring expert. Was Walsh's hamstring injury, was that an upper or was that a lower hamstring injury? It was actually weird. It was a bit of both, actually. Um, the way he sidestepped, he put his leg at an obtuse angle that twisted the hamstring from the top and bottom. So he actually had a slight strain on both. So ice wouldn't work, so they had to go straight to the duct tape. Um, so he's had it duct tape for the last 7 to 10 days. So it should be good. Just tear it off, put some new tape on, it'll be ready to go. What can't duct tape do, honestly? Sticking with that game of the Sharks versus Warriors, my player to watch this round is Sean Johnson. Now, it's the first time that they're going to come up against each other since he's been named to come back next year. So it'll be interesting how he wants to have his last BBCC decided, whether he wants to be defending it next year or winning it this year. I guess you just got to try and pick which is going to be the most losery way to decide that, and that's probably the way he'll go, because that's what it's all about, is the uh, origin of the bottom eight, as they say. Yeah, well, in my place to watch, I'm actually going to a different game, so I'm going to the Sharks versus the Warriors. Um, and I've got Luke Metcalf, a young up-and-coming halfback, highly scouted, highly touted. Um, he's been through the Canberra system. He's been through the Sharks system. He's back for the Sharks under 20s. He's been named on the extended bench. Now he's uh, about 67, maybe 76 kilos dripping wet. Uh, but I think he's ready to go. And in this wet weather football, I think we may as well put him on and let him play. Boom. Now, I've just got a little sneaky one for you boys, and I did notice in that Rabbitohs game, Benji Marshall was playing in the number nine jersey. Now, not a really known effective tackler, so it's going to be interesting to see if his uh, defense is going to be on point. But he has obviously got that pass, so let's see a few flick passes from the ruck, and then uh, maybe Benji Marshall could become the greatest number nine in the game today. What do you guys reckon? That's a great player to watch, actually. I wish I had thought about it. I'm definitely going to look forward to it this weekend. He might be the next greatest, oldest hooker since Cameron Smith. Oh, <laughs> boom. Now, I don't know if that last statement's going to be true or false, but here's a true or false for you, boys. Now, Volandis has come out and said that the six again rule is here to stay uh, because this is the so-called reason why there's all these big blowouts. But as coaches uh, immediately defuddled that, do we think that it's good for the game, bad for the game? Should it stay? What are your thoughts, lads? Yeah, I'm going to stick to my comments that I made earlier. And I, I think the six again rule has nothing to do with these blowouts. I think it excites the game. When I watch a game of footy, I want to see tries. I don't want to see an effort like we did on the weekend with the Warriors who come ahead and then we also all of a sudden lose by one point. I don't really want to see that unless it's an exciting one point game. But yeah, I don't think these blowouts have much to do with the six again rule. And I, I'm glad that he's keeping it because it makes the game exciting. And that's the most important part. I want to see tries. Interesting thoughts there, Coach. I'd have to agree as well. I definitely believe the six again really adds something to the game, the speed. You should be fit. It shouldn't just be the biggest players on the field who get to own this comp. There should be room for the little men, and that's when people get tired. You spot something, you go, you get another set of six, and you keep pushing. Now, my biggest issue is the refs. They start off the season firing six against constantly, but the last few games I've seen, there's been some teams that just seem to get especially penalised. They get held down, they get up, they play the ball, nothing, and it just slows the momentum. So really, if, if they can keep that consistent, which is generally the issues with the refs, I love to see it stay, and I just think teams need to really mould themselves and adapt as quick as possible to it. That's the thing. The whole reason why this rule was brought in was to speed up the game because 
that's the entertainment, that's the excitement that uh, we as rugby league fans want to see, apparently. I mean, I don't remember being asked, but you know, apparently that's what it is. <laughs> but, you know, and then if these are the rules, it's the same for everybody. So like you say, LJ, it's just up to them to adapt to these rules. But obviously, consistency from the uh, NRL refs would definitely go a long way in helping that as well. Now, boys, enough about the weekend footy. Uh, moving on to Origin 3 next Wednesday. So the Queensland team obviously had to shake things up a little bit. They didn't really make too many changes. Kalen Ponga back. Uh, Kurt Capewell actually kept his spot, which was quite a surprise. And old Hammer, he's made it into the centre position, which is a very, very interesting choice. He's a very strong attacking player. It's questionable whether he can hold that centre position rather than being out on the wing. So what do you guys reckon, boys? What are you most excited about with Origin 3 next week? They always say once a series is decided after two games, it's a dead rubber. But I feel like that this one is going to be the most even two teams going up against each other. We all know that in game one and two, Queensland were pretty shit. But this game three, we've got no Luai, we've got no Safidi, we've got no Cleary. So that's heavily impacting our team. And on the other hand is, like you say, Queensland have got Ponga back. They've managed to play Capewell into the wing, uh, into the second row, sorry, which is what they wanted to do. So it's fittingly better for Queensland in this game. Lucky for us, maybe, that the series is all done and dusted. But I don't think this is a dead rubber at all. I think this is going to be a game that New South Wales want to whitewash. They want to go 3-0 and and prove that they were ultimately the better team this series. And Queensland just absolutely do not want that to happen. So I think it's going to be a battle. And this one's going to last longer than that 20-minute arm wrestle. And I think this one could go the full 80, to be honest. Ooh. Our coach touched on Hamaso getting a call up. Interesting. He is not a defensive back at all. So they've actually put speed against speed. So he's matching up against Turbo. So Hamaso in the open field, I think, could burn Turbo. But will he get that open space? Now, I, I would definitely target him constantly with backline plays because he is a winger. He doesn't play center that often. And just really have a run at him. Keep going. Keep putting the pressure on him. But I actually like the half pairing as well. I really want to see what White and Moses can do because if Clary and Luai get injured in the few years to come as well, we really need a strong quartet of players that we can pick through. Queensland have had Munster, Cherry Evans, Cooper Cronk, Thurston, all these players for years that if one person got injured, the next person up was even better. They always had that unique 14th man on their bench and it didn't matter what their NRL position was. They were always able to fill in, come and play any position that they wanted to or that they were needed to. And more often than not, it was just to fill in that extra loose middle forward when the big boys were tired, which none of them was their, like I say, standard weekend role. So it's just about getting that experience, getting some game time at the most elite level in league. And hopefully, like you say, LJ, if need be in the coming years, because you can never guarantee uh, who's going to be fit come mid-season after a tough start to it. So yeah, it's always good for them to get experience and hopefully it can do them um, some justice in the next years to come. Yeah, and speaking of experience and a bit of an excitement Machine. It's going to be great to see Coruscant uh, in the number 14 jersey as well. That's going to be really exciting to see what he can do on the origin level. We've talked about him probably for the last four years about entering that arena, and uh, I think he's going to do really, really well. He's going to be speedy, he's going to be clever, he's going to be very witty, and I think he might make a big impact next Wednesday. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Just the player designed for origin. He's got all the elite skills that you need. Uh, he can tackle, he can pass, he can run, and he's a great decision maker. Um, so hopefully he can put those skills on show. And I think come this time next year, he might even be fighting for that nine spot. 100%. 100%. Now, boys, let's move on to everybody's second favorite segment, TAB time. T-T-B. T-T-B. Origin edition. 
Okay, with Origin Edition, we're going to go, you know what, first try score. Now, he hasn't scored first all season, but I think he's got it. I think that's worth putting all the money on right now. Toto for first try, and Turbo will bag a double again. What are your thoughts, Squid? Um, but for me, I'm going Cameron Murray. He loves a little short ball in an, on either side of the post there. So I reckon last 20 minutes, everyone's getting tired. Hopefully the game will be in the bag for New South Wales, and maybe the Queensland will start probably not easing up because they would have been shipped by then but he'll just be like a thief in the night probably pinch him for last try score potentially and uh yeah definitely think that he's going to be getting over the uh the white line and he's a noted try scorer so i can see it happening and my uh, wild card for Origin 3 boys is Jack fuck him up Wyden. I think he's going to be uh, fired up this weekend. He's going to get a double. So I'm really looking forward to Wyden just getting out there, getting his hands dirty, and uh, he's going to walk away the double. So put your house on it. We're going to come away with five houses this week, boys. Let's do it. Let's go. Origin 3. Yeah, baby. New South Wales. New South Wales. <laughs> Uh, while you're actually uh, lining up the wild card, I actually dove into our Gmail account just to see if we had any questions. We have one from a fan, Liz. Long time listener. First time question asker, I do believe. And she says, if you could coach any team for the rest of the season based purely on their current roster, which team would it be and why? Ooh, great question. Squid, do you want to fire that one off first? Great question, great question. Uh, for me, and it's an obvious one, it would have to be the Warriors, and that's regardless because of their current roster, but it's purely just to be part of that organisation and get all the free gears. Uh, <laughs> because I just, I just want to get all the jerseys and the t-shirts and training shorts all that sort of stuff that's that's what we'll be um most looking forward to coach for me it'd have to be the melbourne storm i think they've they've got a team that's full of just a whole bunch of gcs uh they're all winners you've got players like ado car heinz hughes welsh all these great legends and then we talk about the characters like the cheese so based on the current roster how could you get a bunch of funnier blokes than that just good guys to be around and uh you know what i also just don't feel like relocating as well i'm based here in melbourne and uh, i love this place so why not pick the storm don't have to relocate and uh, i'll be surrounded by a whole bunch of winners so i'd have to go with the storm there liz what about you lj who would you go for now that's a great question. I was starting to think about what team I could go for, but then as soon as Squid mentioned the free gears, has to be the Sharks. Buy a jersey every year or second year, always after the training kit. They never tour anymore, so I can't go down to the field and ask for them, show them my sweet tattoo. I also think they have the roster, because obviously I follow them enough that and closely enough that I can see who I want. Clearly Luke Metcalf is one that I want on the team, but really you got to start with captain. Now, it's been Sharon Woods, and not a big fan of his, hers. Um, and the team, so really keen on giving it to, you know, my boy Talakai. I think he's had a tough year, you know, and the captaincy could really set him right. So he can start at captain and play whatever position he wants. If he wants to play in the wing, he can. So put him there. Number 12, probably captain. Now move Connor Tracy. Now he is a bucket full of energy, that guy, but he is tiny. He is a halfback who's been playing fullback, wing and centre. Got exposed again in the weekend, did a few good things, but few bad misreads as well so he's playing half this weekend so keen to give him a go there but we've now got Katoa and Ronaldo back on the wings really we just need another center now drop chambers and just pick one up from the younger grades surely we have another center who's played I know we've got Harambe waiting in the mix trying to get back out there but surely we could snatch Zach Lomax or something because he's not the greatest hide and seeker so surely we can pull him over for a game but yeah it's a great question but 
yeah, I'd love to mix up the Sharks instead of just playing the same thing every weekend and actually get some fire in the team. The, the problem with this question you're answering, LJ, I think you're the type of bloke who will probably slip the NRL a little sneaky hundy and uh, try and get Bronson Sherry back in the team. Oh, 100%. <laughs> he, I was heartbroken when I saw the news about him coming out because we finally had a new centre. Sharks have struggled their whole, ever since I've supported them, of finding centres. And finally we had Ramian and Cherry and then Cherry decided to be bigger than Ramian in two months with just a few needles. The tank. <laughs> the tank. <laughs> well, all right, boys. That uh, sums us up for this week's podcast. Obviously, four games this weekend, guys. Get pumped. Origin 3 next Wednesday. Or oh, I'm going to be on the beers. I've been off the beers for the last couple of weeks because I've been a bit crook. But uh, really looking forward to getting on the beers next Wednesday. As always, guys, make sure you check out our Instagram account and share this podcast around to all your friends on Facebook. We really do appreciate it. And we'll see you here in a couple of weeks because we will have another buy due to Origin 3. But we will see you here in a couple of weeks on the NRL Back 3 podcast. Big Bag Chat Cup. BBCC.